Tim, we're back with a Friday bonus uh, edition of Appetite for Construction. How's it going this morning? As I yeah. joked earlier on a phone call, I feel like I'm I'm in Arizona. I shouldn't have allergy issues or catching a cold, but I feel like I am. To which you talked about the same. Yeah, I feel like my head's been kind of clogged and it's unclogging. Um but, um, it, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about that, and all of a sudden I looked on my emails this morning, and there was, <laughs> there was an email on uh, how to reduce allergens at home. So you want to go through this list real quick, Tim? These are probably the most obvious things for people to do if they have allergies to kind of home remedies to get, you know, I guess reduce allergens. But um, And the... <laughs> the the email oh is from Bed Kingdom. So I don't know what this website is, but anyway, here are some of the the top things. Tim, ready? Wear a sleeping mask at night. <laughs> I have never done that. Okay, it says wear a sleeping or cooling mask at night can help achieve the same effect as wearing a wraparound sunglasses to keep pollen out of your eyes during the day. Hmm. Uh, shower and change clothes after being outside. I. Do typically do that. I'm a shower at night kind of guy because I like to crawl in bed clean versus, you know, it's just me. I, I'm a shower at night kind of guy. So these are obvious. Keep windows and doors shut yeah. in the morning. Vacuum regularly and dust with a damp cloth. Don't get dogs. <laughs> you know, choose the right bedding and wash regularly. Wash your pets and then swap garden plants for hypolar hypoallergenic alternatives yeah invest in an ieq system for your home you know just you know there's plenty of there's plenty of products out there in the industry to you know we've got one at our home in illinois i i'm sure you guys have one there in your your place up in sycamore so yeah buy a quality hvac system with uh uh, some ieq products attached to it uh you know speaking of Air quality. I was going to say, there's a reason that a lot of people in the U.S. right now are having issues, and that is what? Well, unless you've been hiding under a rock, there's been some uh, Canadian wildfires. And you mentioned some numbers are like hundreds of not under control wildfire. As of Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, Yeah. As of Wednesday afternoon, 437 active fires in Canada. It's crazy. From British Columbia to Alberta to Ottawa to Quebec, and you know what doesn't help is we're under a, we're having a drought basically here. It hasn't rained significantly in a couple of weeks. My front yard is like brown. I've pulled up the cameras on our house, and yeah, the yard is looking a little putrid. Um, and back to the Canadian wildfires: nine point four million acres have burned. Uh, that's that's roughly the size of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a lot of acreage. Um, yeah. So when you see the pictures of people in New York or Philadelphia or on the East Coast, Toronto, uh, the orange haze and all the particulates that are in the air, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> last weekend I went up to Wisconsin to help my. My buddy had surgery, so he's not really able to move around and lift heavy things. So I was his honeydew lister. <laughs> and uh, you're such a good guy. Went out and mowed his lawn, and we were cutting, you know, down trees and 
uh, what do you call it? Chainsawing wood and just kind of stacking alongside his house. And then he's got this big bonfire pit where it's just He's got he's got like wood and he's got like a rocking chair. He's got you name it. And then he's got these needles from the pine trees that are really good kindling. So he throws those on and he's like, which night do you want to do the what, you know, do the fire? And I'm like, I don't think it's a good idea to be lighting fires in this weather because yeah. there's like an overhanging tree like right over the pit. And I'm like, if that sets fire, you, this whole house is going down, you know? So I think we you know, made the right call. And we put a pause to that plan real quick. So so that's when you just sit around an empty f- fire pit and just drink a, uh, a bourbon on ice and uh, enjoy the cool evening. Well, the problem, and I was talking with Eric about this, is that the mosquito hatch is really bad up there. And he was telling me that sometimes mosquito can, you know, the larva can lay dormant for a couple of years. So like we might be getting last year's hatch this year and it's all like compounded into one. So there's just like this inordinate amount of mosquitoes that are, are hatching all at once. So yeah, you can sit next to an empty bonfire, but you might get, <laughs> just get eaten by bugs and mosquitoes. Speaking of bugs, my my wife Cynthia and I were watching the news last night um, while we were having dinner, and in Nevada they're having a huge cricket issue right now. Hmm. And they were showing Elko, Nevada, and people were just walking through just hundreds of thousands of crickets that have taken over the city, and it was just creepy. And and we were talking, we were like, God, the fires in Canada with the pictures that you're seeing on the East Coast, you've got these bug issues on the west coast it's like it's biblical tim yeah it's biblical this is us is really happening yeah so yeah it's just it's crazy like you said you look at the pictures you know you go on social media and we have contractor friends on the east coast and up in canada actually bob baker is in canada but he's it's clear where he is so um but there's you know it just depends on where you are on how bad the air quality is and I, I just pulled up this New York Times article, and this is information as of this morning. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia has the worst AQI, air quality index score of 105. It says unhealthy for some. So in Philly, good luck. Buffalo, 95. Atlanta, 82. Baltimore, 72. D.C., 67. Chicago's on there, 58. Well, as you know, you and I were talking before we jumped on the podcast, they may not run the Belmont Stakes this weekend in upstate New York, or not upstate New York, but in New York City um, because of the air quality. We'll see, but um, I'd like to see the horsey race this weekend if all possible. But if it's not safe, don't do it. Yeah, we just need some rain. And I looked on my little my app on my iPhone, which is 90% wrong. It says 70% chance of rain on uh, Sunday. So I'm hoping that comes to fruition. As you mentioned, the grass in our yards could use it in Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tim, real quick. So I don't know if you noticed this, Tim, but we all love our coffee, right? I have a Big heaping cup full <laughs> in my Milwaukee pack out tumbler as we speak. Yes, I love my coffee. 
But have you ever, have you ever noticed like if you so I I brew my coffee. It's piping hot. I put it in in the uh, the old Yeti, and maybe it's just a temperature thing. But it tastes it tastes different as it gets cooler. Do you ever notice that? Yeah, I like iced coffee as well, though. So a lot of times as my coffee starts to get lukewarm, I'll just throw a couple ice cubes in it to make it cold, and then I'm I'm good to go. Well, I'm just saying from piping hot to like regular normal hot, I just – it tastes different to me. I don't know. It's kind of like beer, too. Like if I have a – what do they call that? A Hefeweizen? The honey wheat Hefeweizen. beer? Um I like it warmer. I don't like it super cold and refrigerated. A, a honey wheat beer like that, a German beer, warmer to me tastes better. I can taste more of it. Yeah, at that like 50 degree mark where you can taste a lot of the the components of the beer, um, whereas most most of our beer we get at the grocery store or the liquor store, we get it cold. And it's ice cold, and we tend to drink it ice cold. But when we were in Germany a couple months ago, I mean, beer is – it's not served at room temperature. Everybody says that. It's its like 50 degrees. It's its not cold. It's cool. And it just – you can taste the components of the beer that make it beer. It's kind of cool. So um, real quick, I'm going to tell you a beer story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a barbecue, invited some neighbors over. And every time my one neighbor comes over, he goes in my fridge and he's like, all you got are these IPAs and stupid craft beers. I hate them. And he always brings his bush light over. It's bush latte, he calls it. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so, you know, a couple weeks ago, I had this barbecue and he comes over and I bought a 12 pack of bush light just for him. And he comes in and he's got all day IPAs. And he goes, I've graduated to IPA. I, you know, I it took a while, but now I like these beers. And this is pretty much what I drink are, are these, you know, these sessionals or seasonal, whatever they call yeah. them, IPA. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Great. And then later in the night, you know, you start drinking and you start talking politics. And the reason he doesn't like Bush Light anymore, Tim, is not because of the taste, is because it's Anheuser-Busch. And so I don't want to get, I don't want, I don't want to get political, but it was just, Oh, I see why you're not drinking. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious. Is the 12 pack of Bush light still in your refrigerator? It is still in the, in the refrigerator. Cause I don't drink by myself. You know, a lot of people come home from work or after a long day, they'll have a beer. I don't do that. I only drink if, you know, there's people with me and we're a social drinker. So, so it's still there. I'm not a Bush light fan. I've, in fact, I saw some pictures of friends on Instagram over last weekend. They were at a cookout and they were drinking Bushlight Peach. Oh, and I was—I thought that's an odd. But yeah, but if you can, maybe actually, it's a good summer drink. Yeah, if you can enhance the taste of Bushlight, <laughs> I think anything is is good. Well, I'll be honest. I do like I do like a good Coors banquet. The little stubby bottles, the little look like a little. Beer tub, you know, I the little Coors Coors banquet stubbies. I, I I can drink those. Not an IPA guy though. Not an IPA guy. Right. So Tim, you had some uh, some thoughts about. Uh, well, actually, there's some two events in Cleveland going on in in the social media world. Um, the Odie Fest, I think they call it Odie Fest. 
and then the rigid experience. Yeah. Well, I, for us, I just think it's interesting to watch the growth of influencer marketing in our in our industry. Um, I was reading a research paper a couple of days ago that was talking about influencer marketing in general. And while most influence, influencer marketing is still dominated by B2C, the Kim Kardashians of the world or sports that, you know, athletes that are, you know, doing product pitches on their, you know, their Instagram or their YouTube page. So while most of influencer marketing is still that industry and that sector, building trades is, is now up to close to 2%. And you're like, well, that's only 2%. But this year, the estimated spend for influencer marketing is two, no, $21.9 million, or what was it, billion dollars, not billion. Could have been I'm billion. To, no, it wasn't a billion. Yeah, 200, 20, yeah, no, actually $21.1 billion will be spent in influencer marketing globally in 2023. Yeah, $21.1 billion. And that's grown from $1.2 billion in 2016, um, $18 billion last year. So an additional $3 billion would be spent this year in influencer marketing. Like I said, this is across all business sectors. But I just thought that was interesting. And let's face it. There is more influencer marketing going on in our industry. We've got the pipeline with Milwaukee Tool. We've got the experience with Greenlee and Rigid. We've got the OD uh, Ambassador Fest. So we've got manufacturers that have bought into the influencer marketing. And it's good for our contractor friends in the country because gosh knows, they we see a lot of them um, on their social media channels um, you know, talking about product that they use. And while sometimes it's paid for, um, it's it's just an interesting viewpoint to look at some of this data. Yeah, you know, when you said research paper, you brought me back to Miss Anderson's um, junior year of English English class. <laughs> no, no, it is it's a uh, it's a whole different ball game, and I think we mentioned that COVID is precipitated more yep. activity on social influencing and. And there are guys and, and girls that do it really well. And then there's some you scratch your head and you're like, what am I? Wh- why am I spending time on this? And that's the beauty of it. You can just scroll past it. Yeah. I mean, we joke internally. We we feel that because of Eric, we're, an in, we're a hybrid media company and we do have influencer programs that we provide to our partners. Um but yeah, it's 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 kind of a unique it's unique to watch the growth with some of the contractor friends that we have to see how they've really grown into really great subject matter experts. Um so yeah, that was just something I, I, I read the uh paper and I was just like, oh that's pretty cool. I can kind of you know, I can see this even in our industry. And it, in fact, one of the last tidbits I'll leave you with is that TikTok is the number one influencer marketing platform followed closely by Instagram with Facebook and YouTube being a far third and fourth, but yeah, TikTok and um, IG. TikTok seems a little, 
I guess I don't know much to talk about it or know enough to talk on TikTok, but it just seems like who who's following you on TikTok? Well, as I said, this this paper I read, it's skewed more B2C. So yeah. TikTok, guess what your kids watch, John? Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I'm just saying like for for plumbing perspective or mechanical hub. Correct. Mechanical hub Correct. has like 400,000 followers. And that yeah, is we have a great. Huge, we have a huge following on TikTok. Yeah. And me, you and Eric joke about it sometimes that we scratch our heads because Eric, Eric adds stuff that he adds to Instagram onto TikTok. And he's like the disparity in numbers on TikTok to Instagram. It's, it's pretty crazy sometimes. It's the same damn video. You know, I do the, plumbing perspective account and there's probably 3000 followers. I'm trying to grow it. Um, if you haven't following that at plumbing underscore perspective, but, um, I would say that more than 90% of the followers are in the plumbing and heating industry. I, I would venture yep. a guess if I go mm-hmm. on to, to TikTok, I don't yeah talk about wild, wild west. I have no idea what's going on there, but again, it's could be my naivete. Well, that. and the, the upside though is John, we Eric may be talking about a product that while it's specific for a plumber or an HVAC tech, it gives that homeowner that may be watching that video better insight. So when that contractor's in the house talking about installing a, a new combi boiler or a new HVAC IEQ system, that homeowner may be a little bit more knowledgeable about it. And you know, so the more views, the better, I think. And if if we're educating not only contractors, you know, let's let's educate that homeowner too. I I think you're right. I mean, my son always comes and he says, "Hey, I got this this life hack or this tip." And I think I told you one year it was really cold and we were trying to defrost the windows, and he came out with a <laughs> a bag of like boiling water, and he put it all over the windshield, and it melted the windshield. I'm like. Where did you learn that? I saw it on TikTok. Everything is TikTok. So you're right. It's it's an effective uh, source of quick information. No doubt. No doubt. So real quick before we jump off this Friday bonus, um, any big trips this summer? I know we had. I've I've got a trip in over July 4th to a friend's wedding in Hawaii. That's our big trip. Any big trip for the Masonbrick family? Uh, just. In a couple of weeks, we were thinking about taking a like a Friday off and, and going down to. Uh, we have relatives in Alabama, around the Huntsville area, so it'll be fun. We'll just drive down there and get my banjo on my knee. Well, as you know, my my in laws are from Alabama, and uh, every time I hear Alabama, the first thing that comes to mind is. Roll Tide. And then I hear my wife in the background going, no, War Eagle. Yeah. They're they're split Auburn, Alabama fans. So I've never been to Huntsville, but um, it sounds like that would be a fun trip. I know, don't they have NASA down there still? Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned when you think of Alabama, I think, you know, Spencer, our buddy, Spencer Brown from American Plumber Stories is from Alabama. And his like tagline on, on Instagram is Spencer Bama. But I, the other day I said, Spencer, <laughs> I said, Hey, you know, Spencer Bama. 
And I'm not sure he would like that. <laughs> probably didn't come across as well as you wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but we speaking of him, we got a we got a call with him in a couple hours. So let's, we do. We let's talk uh, some American plumber stories. Yeah. So let's let's wrap this up. And uh, well, I would say if you if you've not listened to this week's podcast um, earlier on Tuesday with Cody Mack from Cleffy. Go check out that podcast. It was a fun podcast. Got a little insight in to not only what Cody does with Kalefi and the training uh, department, but a little bit about Cody. He's a really cool dude. I thought that was a fun conversation we had with him, John. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It's like I know he's a good guy, but he's one of those guys you feel like you've known for a long time. He's just yep. really easygoing and easy to talk to. So it was good. It was fun. Go check out that podcast. And if you're not subscribing to our newsletters, go to the homepage, go to the top uh, left and see the subscribe button. Hit the sus- subscribe button and subscribe to the newsletter. Check out McTrade's Great Again Again, that podcast with Eric and Andy. Lots of ways to interact with Mechanical Hub. Go do it. Right on. Over and out, Tim. Have a good weekend. Yep, you too.